This week on Ridiculously Bored. So how much of a are you for threatening to destroy his entire relationship? I, I, I think the term is called collateral damage. Another <laughs> friend of mine, I believe GQ stabbed him in the hand once with a fork. I take joy out of you not getting what you wanted for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. Welcome, David. Welcome, Michael. How was your week? Uh, this week was rather interesting. So uh, a couple things. And if you see any point where you feel you need to jump in, uh, feel free. But uh, this week, I'm also starting with a couple of tissues next to me, just in case I need them. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about my mom um, that happened this week. So we had been um, deciding for a while about possibly putting her in a nursing home or assisted living. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that last week. So... Um, yeah, and the reason why I have the tissues is I am my mom's son. I am definitely the uh, the one who cries a little bit easier <laughs> with things. Uh, not as bad as my mom, but definitely I'm, I'm Nothing the crier wrong. in the family. You know what? I, not, to, not to derail the conversation, but ever since I had kids, and particularly ever since I had a daughter, uh, I, I no longer can control the tears on things like movies mm -hmm. or like some stuff that's like super emotional. So I definitely get it. I agree. I definitely think it's gotten worse um, since I had kids as well. Yeah. Um, and you not being the cool dad, I can understand you crying, but that's okay. Big old fuck you to that. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. And if I feel I'm going to start crying, I might have to go back to our, our standby of talking about my bulls. <laughs> that's a good distraction. Um <laughs> So we, we, me and my dad had talked about for a while, probably putting her in an assisted living or a nursing home sometime in the new year. Mm -hmm. um, the date we were going to do it has moved around a little bit. And my dad had some hopes of going down to Florida one last winter down there with her, come back. Mm -hmm. um, and then he put her in then. But in the last week, my mom's had an exceptionally bad couple months, an exceptionally bad week. Um, so she actually went to the hospital for a few days and then we went direct from the hospital to the nursing home. Um, my dad just, my dad just realized he can't do it. Sure. So it's a lot. It's a, it's a pretty big burden. Yeah. So, you know, a couple things that, um, uh, we had to do is you had to fill out a bunch of paperwork, right? And, the, mm. and as we've talked about, you know, I like to put uh, as much fun as I can into anything and humor is a good distraction, you know, whenever stuff like this happens. So mm -hmm. paperwork was no joke, 70 to 80 pages of stuff I had to fill out. And so I did a bunch of it at the place and then I brought some home. And so I said to my wife, hey, can you help me with some, you know, the stuff you know, just fill in when you have questions, ask me. So as we're filling in the forms, <laughs> my wife it quickly realizes that yeah, I'm not going to put each answer you tell me to put in because some of the things like they said, where did she work? One of the places I mentioned was she worked at Dunkin Donuts. And I was like, just write selling happiness. I'm like, you know, <laughs> so, so my wife's like, uh, no. And I'm like, that, put it. That's fine. Like, what's the big deal? Some of the other <clears throat> questions were, what are things that your mom likes? And I'm like, what did she likes dick pics? <laughs> and that's where my wife was like, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how we kind of went through the form. And then 
you know, the lady asked me when the lady I was filling out the form with, she said, oh, if you're you or anybody in your family is a veteran, she's like, you can get a discount being a veteran. So I said, no, we're all draft dodgers. I said, uh, you know, we all spent most of our time in Canada during any of the last major <laughs> wars the last few years. And the lady just didn't know what to do with me. Like she looked at me like, should I be laughing now? Like, yeah, I know you're here. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I told her this is how I deal with everything. So, yeah, that, that it's been a rough week. Um, you know, I wear too many hats when it comes to helping my dad with my mom. Um, but, um, you know, and, and my dad's taking it a little tough, but how was your week? Um, it was interesting. Um, as you know, um, we're going on vacation next week. So just, you know how that is. I mean, at work, there's a thousand things that you have to get done before you go. You need to make sure, you know, if you have people reporting you, you have to make sure that they all have shit to work on for the next week so that they're not bugging you all day long. Um, and then, you know, there's my dad, you know, which is, you know, tough in and of itself. So I took him shopping today and make sure that he had like groceries enough for the week. Um, he got approved for his cataracts eye surgery. So that's going to be like literally two days after we get back from vacation. And he's got like She's like four different meds that he has to take. They're like, I, they're all eye drops. He has to take them in his right eye, like every four hours for four days before Jeez. the surgery. And I'm only going to be back for two days. So I know I can't do them for him. So, um, and it, it's, it's an absolute shit show. Like we had to like color code the, 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 the dropper vials you know, there's like a pink one and a blue one and all different colors. And like, you take this one at this time and this one at this time. And I mean, I, I hope he's going to be able to follow the instructions. I've got like a reminder set up on my phone so that I can call him every mm -hmm. four hours to remind him to like take his, his eye drops. We'll see how that's going to go. But hopefully he's um, not putting he has, in his mouth again like the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. What was that? Episode two, episode three? I <laughs> or, can't or maybe using him on his food as like a flavor. Oh, Ugh. yeah. So he's got to do that. And then the thing is, he's only having surgery on one eye. They will only do one eye at a time. So and all the instructions are like, put it in your, you know, in his right eye. And I'm like, I, I don't at this point, I don't know if he can tell right from left or he'll remember. So like I'm writing out the instructions or my wife's writing out the instructions and we're just like, just put it in both eyes because one, it's, it, it's like they're antibiotics. It's not going to hurt right. having it in both eyes and there's enough drops to go around. It's only needs it for four days and then pop, four days after the surgery. But um, it's just one of those things where I can't predict like any of the variables there. I can't be here to help him. So it's just, it's an absolute nightmare. So getting all that shit ready to go and then of course packing and make sure we got the dogs and all their meds that they need for the drive up so that they don't puke in the car one of our dogs gets car sick Jeez. and literally like three minutes into the drive we'll start vomiting so it's it's a disaster <laughs> well it takes a village man yeah well hats off to you for all that planning um yeah. question has um can he facetime like can you call him and watch him do it the last time I faced time with my dad, Probably I stared at the ceiling <laughs> and the floor and his ear. Yeah. FaceTime with my for, dad tends to be a lot of ear as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, just look at the phone, like, like talk to the phone. And he, he just, he can't do it. He did, he did it once when um, I was here and he was still living in New York. And I just remember looking at the ceiling going, wow, he's 
ceiling looks like shit in your apartment, Dad. <laughs> yeah, well, he had a good view of it when he was uh, on his back with a knife in his leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an earlier episode as well, if anybody's interested. Yeah, yeah. You have to go dig into the archives for that. So, uh, all right. So, yeah. So, uh, it, was, it wasn't a particularly great start to the new year. Um, if you're, you're watching or listening to this episode, it'll be uh, a week after the new year. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a rough week for both of us. So... We are going to try and stay positive. 2021 is going to be a much better year than 2020. We all it, it can't be worse. Can't not right. It can't. So uh, so yeah. So shitty week, but we're uh, we're 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 pushing on. Gotcha. Did you start off? Did you make year. it to midnight on New Year's Eve? Actually, I did for the first time in like five years, and it wasn't on purpose. It was. For some reason, I had a either like a Mountain Dew or a coffee late in the day, and usually caffeine has no effect on me. But the older I get, I'm noticing that it actually does have an effect on me, and I just couldn't go to sleep. So, and but I we didn't watch the ball drop or anything. I was just people for some reason in Arizona. I I don't remember this being a thing in New York, but in Arizona, fireworks. Not on the 4th of July. They do them on the 4th of July, but like New Year's fireworks are a big deal out here. Yeah, I heard some So my as neighbors well. were letting them off all night. I heard some as well, and I don't ever remember that being the way it was either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, New Year's Eve isn't – it's not a really big deal to me. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I think the last time I went to a party on New Year's Eve, and, and I'm not joking, was one that you and I went to in the 90s. Where I some random girl just grabbed you to kiss you because she's like, I got to kiss somebody at midnight. And you're like, what, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> I, that might be the last one I went to. So I don't – it's not a big deal to me. Yeah. I don't really care about it. Like normally I stay up well past midnight. Um, New Year's Eve, the last few years, I've actually intentionally been like silently protesting. Like I go to bed at like 1150. Uh, <laughs> no reason, no rhyme or reason, but – uh, I've been doing that this year. I actually, this is the the age catching up with me. Um, I fell asleep on the couch at like ten o'clock for an hour, and so I woke up. So I was up past midnight, um, but I didn't like watch the ball drop or anything like that. I just kind of acknowledged yeah. it, and also because as you mentioned, fireworks. Right at midnight, I heard a bunch of fireworks start going off, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's actually midnight." So, yeah. Um, but other than that. I, I pay no attention to it. So yeah, we usually do what we call New York New Year's. So like ten o'clock here, which is you know midnight New York time. We that's because they have they show the ball drop live in Times Square. Mm-hmm. So it's on at ten o'clock Arizona time. So we watch that and we're like, hey, Happy New Year's! All right, let's go to bed. You know that's like a normal thing. <laughs> but for some reason this year we just weren't into it. And like I said. I couldn't go to sleep, so we did end up staying up till the midnight. Yeah, so, you know, speaking of showing the New York ball drop in Arizona, I was in uh, California for the year 2000 when that happened um, with that girl that I told you I would not be uh, in any way, shape, or form upset if her existence Whose name was shall remain anonymous. Yeah, from my, uh, my dating history. But her and I were there for that. And so I said to my friend, I'm like, well, what do you guys do for, for midnight? Like, And he said to me, I thought joking. Oh, we just rerun the Times Square ball drop from New York. So I was like, ah, that's funny. That's funny. I'm like, uh, we get to midnight. They fucking rerun yeah. the New York ball dropping. So well, it's, a, it's like a two-hour show. They, this is what they do in Arizona, too. They run it from 8 to 10, which is live, right? And then they run it again from start the whole thing over on the, new, on the whatever station it's on. 
they run it again from 10 to, to midnight. So you could watch it twice if you want. Yeah. So I'm there, you know, holding onto my hat, waiting for this big, exciting thing at midnight. And I'm like, well, fuck, we, sh- we actually saw this three hours ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, the hold on, hold on. Before we go anywhere, um, the uh, on the New Year's. No, no. Actually, speaking about the uh, the, the female who shall remain nameless, um, we never talked about the discussion that we had afterwards because you gave me shit because I had somewhat of a non-answer. My non-answer was, you know, if you, you know, the question for those that didn't listen to the episode, the question was the crazy question was, you know, if you can go back and, you know, erase a part of your past from your, your history, what would it be? My, what Michael calls a non-answer was, uh, I wouldn't because of the fact that that would probably screw something else up and, you know, I'm happy with where I am. Yeah, your answer was the equivalent to, well, I, I would have got the large popcorn at the movie instead of the medium. <laughs> that's, yeah, whatever. That's what your whatever. Was. Whatever. So, um, as it turns out, I was correct because one of your cousins said that had you erased <laughs> that woman from your past, he would not have met his wife. Yeah. So, how much of a dick are you? For threatening to destroy his entire relationship. I, I, I think the term is called collateral damage. <laughs> and that, that's what it would have been in that case. Like, look, I, look if, what about if I give him the other girl's number anyway? I'd be like, hey, look, I don't want anybody to meet this person. I don't want to meet this person, but I got this number here. Like, if I have the power to go back and change history, like, eh, let's change it a couple of ways that help yeah. everybody. All right, whatever. Yeah. Actually, right. it's true, though. He did say that. Yeah. So... Um, what is the drink, drink of the of week? The week? <laughs> so this week we are drinking, if we can get the camera to focus, Angel's Envy finished rye. This one was actually finished in uh, uh, rum casks, Caribbean rum casks. So I'm a huge rum fan. So I will always pick up any sort of whiskey or bourbon or rye if it's got, um, if it's uh, been aged in rum casks anything to do with rum just love rum it's 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 a byproduct of sugar so uh, it can't possibly be bad in my book yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's ask the diabetic and of out course there. the luxardo cherry <laughs> um so th- speaking of the rum we uh, my wife got this for christmas she got this uh, I, I don't know what it's called but it's the drink of the month club right is what it mm-hmm. is and so Every month she gets, because in Connecticut, I guess certain alcohol you can't ship. So every month she gets all the ingredients and all these little gastronomical type spices and liquids and stuff to make all these weird drinks. And this month was a rum-based Alcoholic one. beverages, Al- right? Alcoholic okay, drinks. Yeah. This one was a rum-based one. So I got her an aged rum that was so strong it basically ruined this month's this month's drinks because she's like, I can't taste anything else. She's like, so I'm like, yeah, well, so you, so you got a good rum. Yes. Um, I asked, um, uh, my, fr- our friend hot chocolate and he told me probably was a mistake there because if a drink's under 50 bucks, it's not worth it to him. Right. So maybe that was my <laughs> starting point going wrong. But he's he told- a little bit of a, of an alcohol snob. For yes. Sure. Yeah. So he told me this um, nice aged rum that was just way too strong for my wife. Yeah, and I, when we were in Puerto Rico about five or six years ago, we went to the um, Bacardi Rum Factory and did a tasting there. And it was pretty cool because they actually gave us a little bit of history and, you know, kind of here's w- what our different rums are and here's why this rum is this price point and this rum is this price point and what's the difference between all the rums. And we got to taste them, which was fantastic. And um, But one of the things that I learned was, like, 
the the Bacardi that everybody knows, the white rum that you can buy for ten dollars a bottle in you know your local grocery store. Um, the reason why it's mainly used for like mixing drinks is because it doesn't have a strong flavor. So when you have like some of the darker rums and some of the aged rums and the ones that are like smoky in flavor and stuff like that, like yeah, they'll tell you right away. Like don't these are meant to be sipped. You know, they're not meant to be mixed. And um, ironically, like my favorite is the the cheap Bacardi white rum, just because I just like the flavor of it. But uh, it's meant to be mixed with other other you know mixers and 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 sweetness and stuff like that for for cocktails. But I, I like it just by itself. Maybe you should go back to the days when we were growing up and we bought like those Thunderbirds and Atomic Balls and all those things. I'm sure they had some little rum ass one there too that you could have. <laughs> Can we talk about hot chocolate for a second? Sure. The the man, not the uh, not the drink. Uh, so, this is how much of an alcohol snob he is. We are in Vegas, and we have a friend of a friend who is very well off. And every time we're in Vegas, we usually go hang out with him at his his place. Yeah. Now let's ju- let's just describe a- how well off this guy is. <laughs> he he's bought and sold companies for years. Um, and it's not my friend, it's GQ's friend, but he has a house, which is massive, which, you know, has like a, uh, uh it's a movies, compound. Yeah, uh, calling it a house is, does it. not do it justice. Well, the reason why it's called a comp, you're saying it's a compound is he bought the property behind him to build a guest house. So yeah. when you're in, when you go into his house, then you go down the stairs to the guest house, which is bigger than my house and probably mm-hmm. yours combined. For sure. Um, so that that's that's the kind of place this guy has, and relatively yeah. all top shelf stuff. But okay, go ahead. Oh yeah, so we're in his. Um, I don't even know what to call it. It's a bar. Poker it's an room? entertainment room. Yeah. It's a it's a poker room slash bar slash hundred inch flat panel TV on the wall with like it's almost like a like a movie theater in addition to all those other things, right? So we go there and we're just shooting the shit and having fun, and he's got a fully stacked bar. So this was the first year, I think, that Hot Chocolate had gone with us to this place. and Oh, and by the way, he has a, uh, I, don't, I don't want to call it a butler. He's a butler. Because he's not. It's a butler, yeah. <laughs> he's a butler but he's slash like, security guard. Yeah, he's like his, he's like his right-hand man, but he does everything. Like, he serves the drinks, he serves the meals, and anyways. So um, we're at the bar, and, you know, he's looking through all the alcohols, and I'm like, you know, they're like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know, just like a rum and Coke, you know? And just like, they're like, all right, what kind of rum? We have like 50 rums. And I'm like, I like Bacardi, like just, you know, whatever. He's like, all right, whatever. Do you hear the so I get skin? my drink. <laughs> yeah, I get my drink, right? And then, uh, so so Hot Chocolate's looking up at the wall of bourbons and whiskeys. And he picks like the Macallan 50, with you know, like a 40 or 50 year aged bourbon which is probably, I don't know, a hundred bucks a shot, if even that, like, you know, uh, and he's like, yeah, I'll have some of that. Like the first time you're at someone's house, like, would you like, I would do what I did, which is like, give me the cheapest thing you got. Like, I don't want to be like, you know, the greedy guy or he goes straight for the top of the line. Like I want the most expensive one. I want to know what that tastes like. Yeah. No, he put his thinking cap on man. He was like, I'm not buying. This guy has all of these. He's kind of not paying attention. His butler's going to serve me anyway. Give me the 51. 
I don't know. I think it was a little bit of a dick move, if you ask me. Well, he also, like, if you're buying rounds, right? Oh, hell and, <laughs> and where I really get screwed is not being the drinker. Like, my round includes a Diet Coke, which a lot of restaurants or fancy bars, because they think I'm the designated driver, even though that's not the intention of me being there. Yeah. They end up giving me my drinks for free. So, like, he'll order one of those when it's my round to buy. Um, but he doesn't do it. <laughs> Like, he's not malice about it, right? He's not, like, no. trying to take advantage or anything. It's just what he we wants. We do have one friend that does try and take advantage, and I don't think we have a nickname for him yet, but let's call him let's call him Salsa, <laughs> right? For, for lack of a better word. Salsa used to go to Vegas with us every year, and uh, I got to believe that when Salsa was a kid, he grew up in a house with probably five or ten other children, and they only had enough food for three people. <laughs> so it was eat or it was a dog eat dog world, right? Like you had to scrap for everything because anytime we go out and whenever we're in Vegas, we usually do like a nice dinner. Like we'll go to like a restaurant and we'll end up dropping like five to 800 bucks on a meal for four people. And anytime there's community food, he will not hesitate to grab before anybody else has touched it more than his fair share of what has been served. Or even, am, I, am, even, I, am I accurate in that statement? Yes, or even just like the numbers game. So as an example, if there's four of us at the table and they were to bring four of something, you'd think everybody would get one, right? Like at a minimum. <laughs> That's not how salsa works. Salsa yeah. works is I'll take two, <laughs> and if you guys like it enough, or the guy who didn't get one wants to try it, You'll order, order more. <laughs> what if... Uh, or if there's five and there's four oh, of us, right? he's definitely getting at least two. He's definitely getting the fifth one. Yeah. yeah. There's no, like, you know, your parents always told you if there's only one left, you should ask. That doesn't happen. Table etiquette is not a thing. <laughs> uh, luckily, he has men's room etiquette. Uh, listen to the last episode if you <laughs> want to learn more about men's room etiquette. <laughs> Um, I believe I could be wrong on this. It could be another friend of mine. I believe GQ stabbed him in the hand once with a fork because <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to <laughs> because he was something. trying to take like that extra share of something. I could be confusing that, that with another 100%. story, but I think it was him because he's actually friends. We're friends with him through him. And um, the best year was the year that we took him to the Brazilian steakhouse because it's like all you can eat. They just keep the food coming. Yeah, those places are amazing and horrible at the same time because I don't do well at buffets. Like, they're a fat guy's (laughs) dream, right? Like, and they always end bad for me. So, um, all right. So, last episode, we teased uh, video games, right? Um, And the full gambit. I want to talk the full gambit from when we were kids, coin ops, Atari, to playing games with the kids now, everything. Now you're in my world. Yes. So, would you like to start? All right, so um, I, I don't know where to start. Is there a specific question? Do you want to start at a specific area? Here, let's let's start at the beginning. <laughs> In the beginning, there was light. Um, when I was, I want to say, seven or eight years old, my dad brought home what was to be an Atari. It wasn't even the Atari game console. It was the Atari computer. And I want to say it was like the 2600 or it had a number. Anyways. Could you put it had, games it didn't in that even have, I don't remember. Uh, or was that I believe floppy had, disk based? It was floppy disk based. Okay. Those five and a quarter inch floppies. And uh, no, no. Before floppy disks, they used to use cassettes. Uh, I don't remember right? that. I actually don't remember that so, at all. On yeah. So you had a cassette. You had a tape player that was plugged into your computer and you would hit play. 
you would type in load on the keyboard and you would hit play and then it would play and you would wait 20 minutes for it to play the and there was no sound coming from it it just went straight into the computer but it was sending data into the computer i don't remember that at all this must be yeah, one so of those I, like I tape things that your dad I, stole when he was doing electric no work no no, no this, we bought this <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure my computer um predates like any console games okay. so i was playing computers long before like the atari was a thing so anyways um i would play it, he bought it for like his work to like you know keep track of like finances and stuff like that but i would play games on it and eventually, he was just like, screw this. Like, I'm going to get you your own. The very first console I got was um, an Atari. And then after that, like, the big thing was, like, ColecoVision, mm -hmm. which their big, you know, thing was they had Donkey Kong. Because ColecoVision and, I guess, the company that created Donkey Kong had a thing. So you could only get it if you had ColecoVision. And then after ColecoVision, um, there was the Odyssey which was another console-based game that had these little, like, weird-looking, like, character, like, you know, super, like, 8-bit kind of characters. Like, they yeah. didn't look like people at all. at all. Yeah. And, and, then, um, and then the Nintendo came out and kind of... The Nintendo, for me at least, was where, like, the real kind of gaming passion started. Um, I also had a Commodore VIC-20, which um, ultimately got upgraded into a Commodore 64... So now I'm really dating myself. This is when like the floppy drives first mm -hmm. came out. And this is where like hacking was kind of the movie war games had come out and all the kids in my school were like into like hacking. And I would bring a blank floppy disk to school and a dollar bill and I would give it to my buddy and he would take the disk home and his brother would load up as many games as he could fit on it and just bring me back the disk the next day. And then we would, you know, play those games. And, like, every week I would, like, not eat lunch and take my lunch money and give it to him with a floppy disk so that he could just keep giving me more <laughs> games. And then ultimately the discs got smaller, the games got larger, and uh, so I'll stop there. There's way more to the story uh, there, yeah, but yeah. I know you want to contribute. Let, let me jump in. So for me, the first game console I remember is the, the Atari, the, the straight normal Black Atari, brown bottom, you get to put the cartridges in, things like that. That's the first one I remember. And playing that a lot, you used to get Atari thumb, right? Which was a real thing. Sure. Like, you used to get these massive blisters on your thumb from playing Atari a lot. The well, joystick, that joystick was the worst joystick yeah. ever. And then eventually, if you played it enough, the the what I'll loosely call the rubber foam padding ended up coming off. And then yeah. you just had the, the, the thin stick the underneath it, which was stick, even worse. Yeah. Um, but... I was also very big into video games. So now what you're going to think is a digression, but it's important. I used to, me and my brother used to have a paper route. And part of going around is in the, in the old days. And I, I mean, I guess people would still get papers. I can't imagine you paying a paper boy nowadays, but I also can't imagine people getting a paper. Um, right. As I've heard one person say a newspaper is we throw yesterday's news into your, into your hedges. Mm -hmm. Um, so we used to have a paper route and we'd go around and you'd collect. Some people would pay by the week. Some people would pay for the month. Some people would even pay daily. But we'd go around and we'd collect all that money. And if you were lucky, you would got a tip, quarter, 50 cents. But mm -hmm. the weekly rate was like, say, $3 or something. Yeah. So every week we're getting all this money. But the bill for the paper route would only come once a month. And because you're a minor, right, your parents had to pay for it. And so you'd give them the, normally you're supposed to give them the money. They would pay for the bill in the next month. Same thing. Whatever's left over, mm -hmm. you had extra and that was your money. So 
what me and my brother used to do was all of that money, not realizing that we'd have to pay the piper eventually, we, um, we were going and playing video games with it. So the mall near us, right, right up the street from us, used to have all the way in the back corner, used to have a couple video games in there. Mm-hmm. And we used to go in and we'd blow all of our money in there every week. And so we got a couple weeks in before it was the first time my dad was like, oh, I got the bill, you know, whatever, it's $25, <laughs> you know, you're supposed to give me $25. And we're like, uh, we don't have any money. <laughs> we, we used it all for video games. Um, so that's that's how I used to kind of fund my video game habit. You know, at least you were like skipping a meal to get your, your floppy disks uh, formatted, but we were just straight out, I guess, stealing from my dad in this case. <laughs> yeah, the part I left out about that story was <clears throat> my parents never really made lunch for me, so they would just give me money and I would go buy lunch. I would buy lunch at the school and I never did actually in fact for like I want to say four years in a row my lunch like let's just say they gave me three dollars and I would use a dollar of it and buy a good humor toasted almond bar for lunch that was my lunch every day and to this day my favorite ice cream and they do not sell it in Arizona I have not seen it anywhere they sell the strawberry shortcake good humor bar they sell the chocolate egg clear Good Humor Bar, I have not seen the Toasted Almond Good Humor Bar anywhere in Arizona. So if anyone's listening and they see it, buy it, put it in dry ice, ship it to me, I'll pay you whatever it costs because I would love to have a Toasted Almond Bar. Anyways, I would pay a dollar for a Toasted Almond Bar and keep the other $2 for video games. There you go. Um, So then you talked about from Atari, you went to the Commodore V20, I think you said? Never had that. We went to the Commodore. V20, and then then after that came out the Commodore 64. So I had... Both of those. So the Commodore 64 is when I jumped into the computer game at that mm-hmm. point. And we convinced my dad. And I remember it was going to Sears, which is now pretty much out of business. We mm-hmm. went to Sears and we got it. And I remember it being a fucking fortune. And like for what it was. And again, as I've said before, my parents didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, Sears used to do those kind of layaway or payover, you know, 60 months type thing. So we got one. We convinced my dad we were going to use it for schoolwork, which I don't actually think we ever did. Um, but then we <laughs> what started schoolwork could yeah. you have possibly have done on that? Just like but one first, A would take you a week to type on that thing. Right, right. Well, let's let's educate uh, anyone that doesn't know the Commodore 64. The reason why it was called the Commodore 64, Commodore was the name of the, the company that made it. 64 was how much memory it had. And no, not 64 gigabytes, not 64 megabytes, 64 kilobytes of memory is what this thing had. And at that time, obviously it was pretty limited, but that was enough to run an operating system and play some fairly basic video games mm-hmm. on it. And you and I used to trade them back and forth. Do you remember um, AutoDuel? AutoDuel was an amazing game for a child yes. to be playing. Oh. That was, that was um, by the way, I'm convinced that's where our Vegas, um, like fix came from. Yeah. Because it, this game, you were, you were a person and you lived in a city and the, the job, you know, the game was you had to buy a car and you would be a courier and you would take packages from point A to point B. So you had to leave that city and you had to travel. And while you were on the road, people would try and rip you off and shoot at you and stuff like that. So you can like upgrade your car and put weapons on it and flamethrowers and stuff like that. But one of the cities you can go to was Atlantic City. Yeah. And And we would go to Atlantic City. Yeah. And you can go to the casino and you can play blackjack. And we would literally play that game just to go to Atlantic City 
and then jump in the casino and play blackjack. Yeah, and I remember like as you played it for a while, you started realizing when you started a new game, let me go right to Atlantic City, win up a bunch of money, and then if you don't, you just kind of reboot, start over, right? Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so you had a head start on the game just by gambling. It, it has a feel to me looking at not having played it in thirty something years and seeing where games have gone, but it it. In my mind, that was the predecessor to Grand Theft Auto. And I don't know oh, if that's 100%. actually accurate, like with the same yeah. people, but that's what Well, it that was like. actually based on a role-playing game, you know, the old D&D style games mm-hmm. where you sit around with your buddies and somebody's the, the master, the dungeon master, and they kind of control the game. That was based on a game called Car Wars by a guy by the name of Steve Jackson, who I believe he created one of the original kind of algorithms for how you play a role uh, a role-playing game. So, and it's still used today. I think it's called GURPS or something like that. It's actually still used today, that kind of framework for how you play a role, role-playing role game. His name's Steve Jackson? Steve Jackson Games. I tip yeah. my hat to you, Steve Jackson. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, going back to the computer you were starting to describe, the base of the computer was relatively similar to um, what you have now if you have a tower. Um, the monitor went on top of it, right? There was no options for anything else. It was base tower, uh, tower and then monitor. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, the floppy disk, which again, kids nowadays aren't going to know what this is. If you put you know both they, of your you hands You know what they describe together, it as? What? We, I actually had this conversation with my son. Uh, he said, that's the save icon. Yeah. Well, exactly. I'm like, no, that's a floppy disk. He's like, no, that's a save icon. Yeah, I've asked uh, my kids, do you know why it's that's shape? And they're like, no, that's it's just the save icon. That's it. Yeah. Um, so if you basically put both of your hands together, that's the size of this disk. That was mm-hmm. the only way to save information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny because now you can be at like a corner supermarket and buy a memory stick. And that even used to be expensive. Now you can buy one for like 10 bucks and it's like eight or nine gigabytes. It's crazy. Oh, gigabytes. Um, I've got um, a terabyte SD card that is the size of my thumbnail. Jesus. And I use it for my drones. Like, it's insane how much data you can store uh, on uh, something the size of your thumbnail. Yeah. One of the um, Smithsonian things have on the left side, um, I don't know, Smithsonian for technology. I don't know what it is. On the left side, Mm -hmm. it has a dumpster basically filled of microchips. And then on the right side, it has like one of like Intel's new one. And they're like, same amount of data. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I uh, mean, the original like, you know, like four megabyte hard drive was the size of a room and it needed to be refrigerated. It gave off so much heat. Jesus. Yeah. Crazy. So we went from the Commodore 64 and Atari's. You talked about then a couple other versions. There were some other games within there as well. Um, then Nintendo came out, which was mm. the crowning jewel of the time, right? Yeah. Um, people could move left to right. You know, that was one of the big things that I think uh, Mario Brothers or Super Mario Brothers, that was one of the things mm. I think they invented first, that people could actually move and the screen would move while you were on it. Um, the big game then that I truly loved. And um, so now we have a Nintendo Switch and we have a Switch Online account. And because of that, they have the store where you can play all the old games. So like why my kid's playing a game that's state-of-the-art technology, some of the best games you can play. I'm like, check this game out. And like I show them like Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers and and Metroid and all those things. And they're like, what the hell is this? I'm like, this is what I grew up on, buddy. These are my games. Yeah. So 
Um, There's a really good documentary right now on Netflix. Yes. Game Over, I think it's called. I think it's called High Score. No, it's called Game Over. High Score is what it's called. Yeah, I was actually looking it up while you were talking. Um, It's called High Score, and it it talks about the origination of just video games in general. It talks with the the actual guy who created Pac-Man, the guy who created, you know, Mario Brothers or Donkey Kong, which Mm -hmm. ultimately ended up being Mario Brothers. Um, There's a really good story. One episode is really cool in that um, there's an episode where it talks about Pac-Man and how these guys, these nerds would get together and they would modify the actual, like, big arcade game system and they would plug a motherboard in and they would make the game a little bit harder because they felt at the time it was too easy. And they were making, they made that into a multi-million dollar business back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what ended up happening was um, whoever owned Pac-Man found out that they were doing this and they were like, well, you can't do that. We're going to sue you. And, and he was like, you know what, instead of suing us, like we're going to do this anyways. So instead of suing us, why don't we team up and our latest game that's going to make Pac-Man harder, um, we'll, we'll kind of release it together and ended up becoming Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. So yeah, it was really cool. I, I like that series. And it's, it's exactly why like the FBI hires like former hackers and criminals, right? Yeah. Because it's like, they know what they're doing. They can make, they can improve yep. things or, you know, build a better mousetrap. They can figure out a way around it. So the big game for me was Zelda. I loved that game as a kid. And so when, and if you, I don't know if you remember this, a couple years ago, yeah, a couple years yeah. ago when Nintendo Switch Breath of the Wild came out, oh yeah, I, I actually had to get a second Switch because I'm like, I want fucking one for myself. I'm like, because <laughs> my son would be like, can I play now? And I'm like, daddy's playing. <laughs> so we got a second Switch and basically, you know, luckily everybody goes to bed pretty early in my house. So at night I would be able to play like an hour, an hour and a half and play that game kind of until I, I ended up beating it. So your question last week was, do I play video games? My normal answer is no. And the reason why is because I love video games. And so, like, again, I'm the one who once I start playing something, I want to play it till I beat it. And it, right. like any free minute it consumes and things like that. So when I play games with the kids, like, I don't really count that. Like, Do you play a lot of games with the kids? Not anymore. Um, ironically, both of my kids, my, my daughter's 19, my son is 16. They both still play video games. Mm-hmm. They've, their, their choice of games has, you know, oddly, you know, morphed through the years. Because I played video games, they played video games. You know, as soon as the Nintendo Wii came out, I bought one. As soon as the Xbox came out, I bought one. Uh, I kind of bought it because I wanted it, but also bought it because I wanted my kids to be able to do the things that, you know, that we did when we were kids. And um, so my daughter is into Grand Theft Auto. And like she loves that game, and I, I can't even watch like the the violence and the the language is so bad on that game. Like I, I she'll she gets a kick out of it, and I'm just sitting there going, I, I can't believe I like condone this. Like, but I mean, she's she's a full adult, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. Do you play any games where, like, like my son's always surprised. Like, if we play a sports game, that mm-hmm. I can relatively pick it up quickly because I'm like, it's the same basic shit that you've been doing. Yeah. It's just the graphics look better. Um, so do you, like when I play games like that with him, I do fine. Have you played any of these harder games with your kids? Yeah. So I was originally a first person shooter, like, like doom huge, like it started with doom or Duke Nukem and there's 50 other games, you know, ultimately call of duty became like the big one that everybody played the military style games. I showed my son how to play it and we used to play against each other and I just used to light him up. Right. And you know how competitive I am yes. just from growing up with me. 
um, there was a very specific point in my life where his capabilities far surpassed my own. And I remember he's like, hey, dad, do you want to play? And we start playing and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to destroy. <laughs> and he just absolutely demolishes me. And then my son, even though he's good at gaming, he doesn't know how to be a good winner. He's a, re he's a bad winner and he's a bad loser. <laughs> so he's talking smack the entire time. Like, oh, headshot. Like, oh, and he's just rubbing it in and rubbing and rubbing. And finally, in the middle of the game, I just got up and I just like threw the control on the couch and I'm like, I'm done. We're not playing anymore. I wonder where he gets time. those bad losing traits from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're not playing anymore. And that was the last time he and I ever played uh, against each other. We'll wow. occasionally we'll do stuff like side by side. But uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm I'm a very horrible loser. Well, no. So like, my son plays um, Fortnite a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, let me. I'll play it too, right? How hard can it be? Oh, I'll play a little bit. I'll yeah. figure it out. We'll, we'll be able to leave something, something that we can play together that looks at least a little bit more interesting to me. Right. And I'm like, look, I'll be able to play for a little while. I'll be better than him. You know, I'll eat my hat if I'm not better than him, right? Type thing. So we played a couple times and I am just getting fucking smoked in this game. So much so that like, it's like when you go to an arcade, and I know there's not many around, but nowadays, you know, we used to play for a quarter. Now all these games are like $1.50 or $2. Yeah. And it's literally like you press start, game over. That, mm -hmm. That's what it's become when I play this with them. So I'm like, fuck this, I'm not playing this with you anymore. <laughs> like, you want to keep playing it, go ahead, I'm done here. <laughs> yeah, I, again, it goes back to us not being very good losers. But yeah, um, so I mean, Sun still into very much into like Call of Duty, Rainbow Six Siege is another one of those kind of shoot 'em up games. Um, I right now I'm a big I'm still and always will be a big role playing game fan. So um, the games that really got me going, I'm huge into um, post apocalyptic things like movies, books, games. So there's a game called Fallout. There's a whole series called Fallout, and it all take it all happens after this you know supposed nuclear war on the planet Earth, and you kind of pick up where society's you know falling apart and you try and build it back up right and um fallout there's one two three four there's probably about seven or eight different you know variations of the game because it just kept on releasing new versions every time the most recent one is called fallout 76 and it kind of is a, a play on like you know 1776 like you know the whole american history thing but it's cool i mean you're you're in a post-apocalyptic wasteland and you have to find materials and build yourself up and find weapons and go on quests it's cool you like you don't need it's a multiplayer game but you don't need other players to play it like i can zone off for like three hours and just be totally fine yeah i on the other hand am now playing animal crossing with my daughter <laughs> <laughs> i never got into that one uh me either they like it like i i play for a little bit with them because they want to play together but i'm like man this game fucking sucks it's so slow it's so boring but i know they like it so we do it it's just like the game mario party that's actually a fun yeah. game because it, it involves yeah, I played everybody. That. That's the yeah. game that we played when I was at your house. Man. Yeah, so we can all play yeah. together. You know, you can play four people at a time. So it's a good, like, kind of family game when we do that kind mm -hmm. of thing. But, all right, as we get further along, um, the the one crazy question. So I've thought about this a little bit. Like sometimes I didn't have much warning on this one because I didn't log in to look at the, <laughs> the episode notes until today. I put this about four or five days ago, though. Did so you really? The thing about the one crazy question is um, – it also 
it can just be interesting, something to make you think, something to make you tell another story. Like that, that's what I went with when I was thinking about this one. Um, so this one, so I'll start then since you're, mm-hmm. you're unaware. But the question is, describe the strangest dream you've ever had and did you like it? So the funny thing is, like when, when I was younger, you have different dreams than has been as you get older. I told my wife recently, the other night I had a dream where I was just fixing my eyeglasses. I'm like, how fucking sad of a dream is that? <laughs> like when you're younger, you're having <laughs> dreams where you're like fast cars, hot women, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And now I was just dreaming that I was fixing my glasses. Um, so the dream. Were you successful? <laughs> I don't know. I got woken up for it because like normally the yeah. dreams that I remember, it's when my alarm goes off and I'm still in the middle of the dream. Right. That or if I get up in the middle of the night and have to go to the bathroom. Right. That's where you have kind of that. You're in that half asleep, half awake and you can remember it. So right. th- I don't know. The, my glasses work, though. That's all I know. So I'm good there. Um, the, the dream I had when I was younger, though, was it was an Indiana Jones type dream. But I was Indiana Jones, but it was like I wasn't even the hero of my own dream. <laughs> like So I, I wonder what that <laughs> says about maybe childhood self-esteem maybe but (laughs) (laughs) what would freud say yeah Yeah. (laughs) but i remember it was so unique and like i mean this dream's probably 35 40 years old but i remembered it then i remember telling it to somebody afterwards and so that's why it kind of stayed fresh in my mind but there's a couple things that i thought was funny was one the dream started off in the distance in black and white and then came forward to me closer and then turned in color. So like Well there's so there's a there's actual significance to that dreaming in uh, color I've heard. Not everybody dreams in color. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't know if they dream in black or white in color because they just don't remember. But um, people some people dream in vivid color, some people say that their dreams are completely black and white. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've heard that when I said I dream in color, somebody was like, "Wow, that's not usual." I'm like, I just, mm. it's just the way it is. Um, so then the camera zoomed in on me, and I'm wearing the Indiana Jones outfit. But like, I, lo- I love how there's a cinematographer in your dream. <laughs> yeah, monitoring it. Um, but it was like Harrison Ford style and size. So like, it's way too small on me. Like the buttons are being pulled. Oh and, Jesus! Yeah. And then uh, my friend I grew up with. He was in the dream as well. And like, does he have a nickname yet? No. And odds are we probably won't talk about it. Well, I'll just call him the artist, right. actually, because that's what he is. Okay. So the artist comes along and I know who this is. Okay. He like steals the woman, <laughs> right? In my dream, swings off like on the vine, like typical Indiana Jones style. And I'm just left standing there. Mm-hmm. So it was just one of those things that simple dream, but like I remember it so vividly now. So that it was just a strange dream. And that's why I, that one stays on my mind. Yeah. I don't, um, you, you know, I have a horrible memory and the, the problem that I've always had with dreams is when I wake up, I usually remember them pretty vivid for about 10 minutes and then I don't remember anything after that. Um, I will say this, there are a couple recurring dreams that I've had ever since I was a kid and I still do have them ironically, even though I'm older. One of them is, uh, the fairly typical, you go to school and you're naked. Yeah you somehow forgot to wear your clothes and you're standing in the middle of the class and everyone's staring at you laughing, right? Are they pointing and laughing? Go ahead, you're going to say something? Go ahead. Just just ask it. If you're standing there naked, (laughs) are they pointing and laughing? I'm not going to comment on that. Anyways. (laughs) That's a yes. uh, Because my kids listen. Uh, So that's one. The other dream that I have recurring is um, you're in a fight 
and you try and punch and make a fist, but not only can you not make a fist, you know how like when you first wake up and it's really hard to make it's a like fist. It's like if you fall asleep on your arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that, and then um, you try and throw a punch, but you like nothing happens. Like, Have you ever no punched your wife it. in bed then because of that? No, I'm not like a dream. Like, I'm not like a sleepwalker, sleep talker type thing where I actually act out. It's just I'm pretty much you know this. I'm pretty much still. Yeah, I know. That's what I <laughs> yeah. said. But the fact that you snore was surprising to me. No. So so those are the two kind of recurring dreams. The the dream that I do remember as a kid is you ever have a dream where it just feels so real, right? And you want something so bad and in your dream, you get it. Nice. And then you wake up and you're practically in tears because you realize that it was a dream and you didn't actually get what it was you were dreaming about. That doesn't happen to me, but I've heard people say that like, They've dreamt of something, and then when they wake up, they're, like, crying because of the dream. But it was like, even though they know it was a dream, it's like, that was the dream. No, my dreams are more like I'm I'm peeing in my dream, which lets me know that I have to go to the bathroom. And each time, I'm just happy that I actually didn't pee the bed when I wake <laughs> up because I'm like, Jesus Christ, I have to go really bad. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, the one that I remember from my childhood is, uh, if you'll remember, after The Empire Strikes Back came out, Kenner had all these, you know, action um, figures for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And my favorite one was Luke Skywalker in his snowsuit outfit. And when that first came out, it was like the hottest toy on the market and nobody could get it. So I remember Christmas that year, I wanted it more than anything else. And I didn't get it because it was impossible mm -hmm. to come by. Right. So um, I actually had a dream when I was a kid that I got it. And then I woke up and then I was looking for it and like hysterically crying. And my mom was like, what are you talking about? Like, we don't have it. Like, we couldn't find it. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, it's here. I had it in my hands. And she's like, you dreamt about it, you little idiot. I know it's been a, a long time since that has happened, those kind of toys. But I take joy out of you not getting what you wanted for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so... Funny segue into reality and, and where we are today. My dad actually has dreams and he can't tell. He has a hard time distinguishing what happened in his dream from what happened in real life. So there will be times when I go over there and he'll be like, I talked to my sister today and I'm like, oh, like he's got like 12 sisters, right? Um, most of them, unfortunately, have paths. Mm -hmm. So there's only like two or three that are still alive and i think two of them are in like homes because they have either dementia or alzheimer's right so they they can't you know really have a conversation right. um but he you know he's he's describing this conversation that he had with a sister who i didn't have the heart to tell him had passed many many years ago but just didn't remember it so he's telling me in vivid detail this conversation that he had with a sister that's no longer with us and do you think it like, was a real conversation he's had in the past and just the time has slipped to him where he can't remember that it wasn't just having this conversation? There's no way to tell. I've noticed in living near him and with him, I lived with him for four months and then um, he got his own apartment. So uh, he, as things progressively get worse and I could noticeably tell you they are getting worse. I mean, I would say every month there's something new that he picks up that he didn't do do prior so it's it's not a slow um transformation that he's going through it's definitely picking up speed um but again 
I didn't see him for, you know, a decade or two before that. So I did I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't with him as it was happening and I couldn't tell if this is faster than normal or slower mm -hmm. than normal or it just is what it is. But I can tell you that since he's been in Arizona with me, um, the deterioration has is is noticeably um, gone by fairly quick. Yeah, well, and to the to, to the point of where I give it about a year before he's not going to be able to physically take care of himself. I'm already starting to see it now. Things that he did when he first got here uh, in May. Um, it's now January, so almost been a full year. Um, well, you know, seven eight months. He's not able to do those things or remember to do those things on his own. And it's, I mean, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. And my mom's was a, was a consistent slow progression for a while. And mm -hmm. then the progression started picking up steam. And then I'd say the last six months or so, it's been a dramatic cliff that she's dropped off. Yeah. And I think, like you said, the fact not seeing him for a while, I think that plays into it too, because like my parents would go to Florida for the winter when they would come back, it's almost like I forgot how bad she was. And then you'd notice, I'm like, wow, this is drastically different than even just six months ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, it is a terrible, terrible disease. Yes. And um, like I said, we'll uh, we work with it as best we can. All right. So, with that, let's move on to the joke vault, um, which is kind of ironic because my mom in no way, shape, or form finds me um, humorous when I run my jokes. I don't either. <laughs> I don't think anybody listening does either. <laughs> All right, so I picked this one out of that. Um, this one is uh, one of mine again. All right, here we go. If you get stuck in too much traffic, instead of putting a baby on board, yellow sign on your car, put a sign that says no, no insurance for car. So here's the thing now. That's, that's the end of that. Here's the thing. As last week you pointed out on a joke that's 20 years old, you're like, NASCAR doesn't turn left and right. <laughs> I realize now that the people in front of you won't be able to see that sign because those signs <laughs> are on the back of your car. <laughs> so that's something I noticed today when I reread this. I'm like, well, that's what the fuck. <laughs> well, and, and the baby on board sign dates that joke to within like oh, a yeah. specific year. Yes. I remember when those signs became all the rage and every mom had to have one of those on their car because they thought just somehow people were going to see that and be less of a maniac on the road because yeah. they had that sign on and, their car. And now when you see one of those signs on the car, you're like, what's next? Encyclopedia is going to fall out of your back seat? Like what's going yeah. on here? <laughs> um, so yeah. All right. All right. Well, I will, uh, I, I will, you know, I, I will give you this, the, uh, some of the nostalgia on some of these jokes for me, at least definitely strike a chord because it, it puts me back into a very specific point in my life where I can remember all the details about what was going on when that joke may or may not have been funny. Well, and it all, it was funny. It also, <laughs> it also just not only that piece of it, but it reminds me to like a simpler time. Like a lot of these things, like you could see. I hadn't experienced a lot of things yet. I hadn't traveled the world. Like, so mm -hmm. it's a lot of like basic humorous stuff. That's what I could see and what was in kind of my backyard. Yeah. So, all right. For the next episode, I thought of this one today and I specifically, cause I have a story about it. The best meal experience you've ever had. It could be the best meal you ever had, the best place you ever ate at. You know, maybe there was a fucking flamethrower juggling in front of you while you were eating, whatever it was, but the best <laughs> meal experience you ever had. I, God, I'm such a foodie too. Um, I don't know that I can just 
have one. Well, I then mean, have two. Just make them interesting. <laughs> like, ev- but every city I go to, my goal in that city is to find like the dirtiest, dingiest hole in the wall place and discover like, like the best food. Like you and I both watch drivers dine-ins and what is it diners drive-ins and dives diners drive-ins and dives yeah yeah we both watched that and there was a point where some of our friends went on a tour Mm -hmm. and based that driving path around all the restaurants from that show that they can hit on the way there so we all kind of have that foodie thing going and gained 10 pounds while doing it on a side note did they really Uh, yeah two week week trip they gained 10 pounds hopefully that wasn't during the uh the annual fat off no no Watch episode um, five for that but, one. But we'll get more into that stuff on next episode. But before we end, before we started, you asked me if there was any questions from the prior episode. I actually told you there wasn't, but there was actually one. Oh, great. Somebody asked, why do you wear a hat each week? Are you bald? I'm not bald. <laughs> so why you show not your head? bald. Now, here's the other thing, which I Going think, bald, but not bald. I think you'll really appreciate... When you go back and listen to this, I have worked into the episode one, two, three, four, five, six different hat and hat related comments <laughs> leading up all the way to me asking you that question at the end. <laughs> so now I got, do I have to go back and watch it in yes. order to see all the comments? You're You'll not going to explain them. Nope. Oh, so there's Easter eggs in this episode. That's right. <laughs> so that one's for Frenchie. Frenchie brought it up to me the other day and I said, yep, you know. He's like, I'm just trying to work my way into the show. I'm trying to work my way into the show. So I said, all right. <laughs> I said, I'll see, I'll see what I could do. All right. So that, that actually brings up a really good point. And I've been thinking about this for a while. And you and I, here we are, eight episodes in. You and I have talked about this for a while. Um, technologically, we have the ability to bring on guests. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it and we said, you know what? At some point in time, we might want to consider bringing on guests into the show. So what I would say is anyone that wants to potentially be a guest on this show, you need to one, hit the like button, (laughs) subscribe on YouTube and comment on the episode below. Every time there's a comment, Mike and I get notified and we can look and read the comment. Um, Tell us why you think you would make a good guest for the show and uh, we will consider potentially having uh, a guest person on the show at some point in the very near future. And I'm assuming if we get a couple people that give a good reason and we think should be on, they fight to the death. <laughs> Something like that. Maybe yeah. we get them in like an octagon and uh, just kind of have them battle it out. I don't know. Right. Could be fun. Or, or we spread them out over a couple of episodes. Oh, yeah, we could do that, too. You're right. <laughs> yeah, we can and then that. everybody lives. That's, that's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. End it before I All get right. too hungry. Well, I'm Michael Carter. <laughs> and I'm David Michael. And we are Ridiculously, ridiculously Bored. bored. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Hold on. We're not done yet. Anyone who can pick out all of Mike's hat references and get them correct and post in the comments below, we will potentially have you as a guest, regardless of whether or not you're funny. The only one who can is Frenchie because I'm going to tell him where I use them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're out. <laughs> All, All right. right. Goodbye. All right. Bye.